Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. You look good. You smell good. Glad you're at church. (laughs) You can have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Man, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad you're here, and uh, again, we're in this series called WWJD, and we've been talking over the last few weeks about this idea of what would Jesus do, right? We've been looking at literally the last like seven, eight days of Jesus' life, and so I've just been asking this question every week, and just want to ask you again this week, if you had six days to live, what would that look like? Like, what would your life look like? What would your time look like? What would your family, what would your conversations, what would your interactions look like? And so what we're doing today and what we're going to keep doing over the next few weeks leading all the way up to Easter is looking at those last few days of Jesus' life. So we started on the Saturday before, uh, actually before Passion Week, which Passion Week is considered the last week of Jesus' life. So we started the day before that uh, on Saturday and Sunday, kind of worked through that week one. Week two, we started on Monday and Tuesday. Last week, we talked about Wednesday, and Pastor Kyle brought a great word. Can we honor him for just a second? Honor the word that Pastor Kyle brought last week. Man, what a week. If you're walking through some silence, I'm just going to encourage you. Like, if you feel like the Lord is silent all around you, I believe he's not silent. Maybe we're just, something's in the way of us listening, or maybe it's for your good and my good that he's not telling us, or he's not speaking to us directly so that we can get a little bit closer to him. So we can get a little bit. So if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and watch that, or listen to that on the podcast this week. And then this week, we're going to be on Thursday. Somebody shout Thursday. All right, so Thursday of the last week of Jesus' life. So this is like 24 hours before Jesus is going to give his life on the cross. And we see this incredible thing that we just read in John 13. We'll talk about it in just a second. But I always like to ask a question to get us all on the same page, kind of on the skating rink floor together at the same time. And I'm going to ask this question. Has anybody out there ever tried to communicate something, but you just knew that the other person wasn't getting it? Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been there? Come on, I see some some wives, elbow with some husbands right now. Come on, right? You know, talk about like the, the ladies, if you're trying to tell, like, I'll just tell you, Allie, if she's trying to explain something to me, sometimes it's just like, I'm looking like a deer in headlights, right? She's explained it over and over and your boy still can't understand it, okay? And uh, any parents in the room know what I'm talking about too, right? When you're trying to explain something to your kids and yet they don't listen and they go and do the exact opposite of what you just told them not to do. Come on, any parents that are tired in the room, come on, wave at me. I see back there, Mimi, she's waving. Clint, you better watch out. She's waving like you ain't listening. Okay, good, good. So, so I, I understand. I think all of us can understand that. I think all of us can understand this idea that, you know what, we try to communicate something and it just doesn't seem like it's registering, right? It just doesn't seem like it's landing. And I love that Jesus, literally in the last 24 hours of his life, he's having a conversation with his disciples and what he's saying to them is like, yo, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Come on, rush hour, anybody? Okay, don't watch it. I don't condone that, so don't, just don't do that. Okay, but like, that's pretty much what Jesus is saying, right? He's telling them. He is saying, hey, do you understand what I'm doing? 
Do you understand what's happening? And again, I think a lot of us can be in the same boat that we're trying to explain something and yet it never lands. It never actually uh, sticks a little bit. And so Jesus, not only does he say something about it, but I love that Jesus actually demonstrates it. I love that Jesus actually does something about it. And again, I love this passage of scripture in John chapter 13. And uh, it's Thursday night. Again, they're eating the Passover meal, which they had done together for years before that. Just so you know, thousands of years, actually, the people of Israel have been doing that, and what had happened was the fact that they're sitting there eating this Passover meal together. This is the last supper. This is the last meal that Jesus would ever eat in his life here on earth, right? Once you think about that for just a second, until he resurrected, okay? Once you think about it really quick, this is a big deal, right? This is a big deal, what's happening, and like this is the last thing that Jesus is going to teach to his disciples. Like he's been teaching them over the last three years, like they've been following him, seeing him do all the things. This is the last moment that he has with them. The very last lesson that Jesus gives his disciples, and I love, again, that Jesus just didn't tell them something to do, but he showed them how to do it, right? Anybody visual learners out there? Come on, wave at me if that's you. You like learning by visual, okay? So, so I love, I, I'm the same way. I love, like a lot of times I'm using all kinds of props and other things like that because your boy loves to learn visually. Just one of those things, but I just love the fact that Jesus and we'll talk about it a little bit more, and I'll kind of give you some visuals as we go, but that Jesus wasn't just saying it, but he demonstrated it and gave them a visual demonstration of, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to lead. This is how I want you to serve, and Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And So I think we're going to talk about today, I'm going to give you four big main points with some subheadings underneath them, but four big main points of things I think God is trying to communicate. I think Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples, hey, yo, you need to write these down. You need to know these things. You need to not only know them, but you need to go out there and live them. I think that's what Jesus is trying to do with the washing of the disciples' feet. And I want you to write them down. I think it's something that God will speak to us today. We see four statements I believe Jesus wants us to understand from this profound act of service of washing his disciples' feet. Everybody good with that? All right, all six of you. I said, everybody good with that? All right, good. One Number one, I want you to write it down. And I want you to understand that this is so true for you as it was for the disciples then. And the fact is, is number one, God's love never quits pursuing you. Come on, I said God's love never quits pursuing you. Right? Is that, is that good news for anybody else in the room? Right? Because here's the thing. I love that the scripture literally starts out verse one at the very end of that scripture. What's it say? Now, he loved them to the very end. Another translation says it like this, that Jesus wanted to show the disciples the full extent of his love. I love that so much. I think about that, and I think this is who our God is, right? This is who God is. This is who Jesus is, that no matter how long or no matter what, he wants you to experience the full extent of his love. And I love right here in John chapter 13, what we're reading is the fact that Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's hours away from giving his life. He's hours away from people mocking him, making fun of him, wrongfully accusing him. you got to understand, this is probably one of the most pressured moments of Jesus' entire life, and yet what is he still doing? He's still pursuing his disciples with love. He's loving them till the very end. Jesus was pursuing them till the very end, and this is what I know about real love. This is what I know about authentic love, about true love, is that true love never stops pursuing. That's the truth, right? And so I think about that, and I know we're not in a relationship series right now, but the fact is, think about your dating relationships and marriages, right? How many of y'all, where are my married people at in the room? Come on, wave at me. 
Anybody excited to be married? Come on, let me help you out. Okay, good. Go, good, good. Be excited, especially if you're sitting next to your spouse, okay? All right, good. Um, uh, uh, married people, where are my single people at? Wait, wave your hand in the air. Wave around like you just do care. All right, look around, look around. Any single people available in this room? Okay, like you can, you, if you don't like what you're working with here, come to the second service, all right? Cool, cool. So single people. How many of y'all know, really quick married people, how many of us know that when we're dating, it seems like it's a little bit different than sometimes when you're married when it comes to this idea of pursuing each other? Does that make sense? Like when you're dating, there's just something. I remember when Allie and I first started dating, I, and I've told you this story so many times, but the fact is I lived in Paducah. She lived here in Murray, and I would drive. I had like a truck that got four miles a gallon, and like I would drive every single day just to come be with her, right? How many of y'all know love makes you do some pretty dumb stuff? Come on, somebody, right? I had no money and yet I was coming to see her because why? I was pursuing her. I wanted to date her. I eventually obviously wanted to marry her. And again, I think what happens is pursuit creates some passion, right? So when you're young and you're young in love, you got some you're like you're just getting to know each other, man. You're pursuing each other. You think her laugh is so cute. And then once you get to know her a little bit later on, it sounds like she's a donkey on crack. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like it starts out good, but the longer she gets going, like, like. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but you think, oh, oh, he just listens to me all the time, right? When you're just pursuing each other, when you're, when you're just dating, oh, he just listens all the time. Now he don't ever speak back. Come on, somebody, right? Like, like there's these things that happen in dating and, and eventually in marriage that takes place. And I want you guys to understand that pursuit creates passion. When you're young in love, it seems like it's easy, right? It seems like it's easy to pursue each other. But I think one of the greatest mistakes in relationships and people around you is that after time of falling in love with someone, somebody, what happens is you become too familiar, you begin to take for granted those things, and what happens is you quit pursuing them, and what happens is, is when we quit pursuing people, when we, per- uh, we quit pursuing our spouse, what ultimately happens is we lose passion for that relationship, but what I love about our God is that God never quits pursuing you, that God, I love the love of God, that God loves, therefore God pursues, that God can't stop loving because it is who he is, so he can't can't stop pursuing because that's who he is. And the fact is, just because God's got you doesn't mean he has stopped pursuing you. Come on, his mercies are new every day. Every day you wake up, he wants to show you something new about his character and about who he is. He keeps chasing after you. Even when you were far off, you have a God that loves you so much that he came after you and was willing to do anything to get to you. Come on, is there anybody thankful for that God? Is there anybody thankful for Jesus? Can we give him a big shout of prayer? praise all over this place. I love that Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples, even to the very end. Listen, you serve a God. I am the God that will never quit pursuing you. I'm a God that always loves you. And here Jesus is to the very point of death. Here he is. And he wants to show the full extent of his love. And so he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And again, this doesn't resonate with us because a lot of us, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to us because that's not our culture in today's time. But let me kind of bring us back a couple thousand years and put us in the culture of what Jesus is doing in this moment. Like, you got to think, the roads at this time were na- like, they, they're dusty. They're full of dust, like a couple inches thick of dust, okay? They're walking everywhere. You got to understand if it ever rained, that, that dust would literally turn into straight up mud. Come on, we, we kind of experienced that this week, right? Like, you imagine going out in your yard, walking through it over a couple days, and that being the only way that you can transport yourself is with your bare feet or sandaled feet through your yard over the last few days. How many of y'all? Y'all know your feet's gonna be nasty, 
right? We're going to be nasty. We're going to have some nasty feet. But what I love about Jesus, and just again, some more kind of kind of context for what's happening right here, is he does something that is so unthinkable, right? And so, so again, for context, if somebody came over to your house, what would begin to happen is, just like today, if somebody came to your house, you're hosting them, uh, you would take their jacket for them, or you offer, hey, let me get you something to drink. You want a Coke? You want a Coke Zero? What you want? Like, let, let me get it for you in the same way if you kind of take it back a couple thousand years, what would happen and what the common courtesy would be, would first you would greet somebody with a kiss on their cheek, right? You welcome them into their house, and then what would happen is you would untie their sandals. That would be saved for the second lowest slave in the entire house. And then the lowest slave in all of the house, what they would do is they would actually be the one to wash your feet. So again, I want to kind of just bring us back to the context of what we're reading right here. And so the host did not wash your feet. I want you to understand, like, that was too humiliating for anybody that was hosting a party to go and wash their feet. Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to show you how important I am. I'm going to show you how important I am. I got somebody else lower than me that can go and wash your feet. Okay, that's, that's literally what would happen during this time. And here we find Jesus less than 24 hours before he's going to give his life on the cross on a Thursday at his final meal, at his final leadership lesson, at his final time that all of the disciples are going to be together. It's the night before he's going to give his life. Everybody's chilling. Come on, stay with me. Just and what you need to understand is the fact, come on, visual learners, you ready? Okay, so like, here's, what, here's how you would eat dinner back in the day. Come on, this sounds pretty good, don't it? It sounds fun. So, so literally, they would recline at the table. So the tables were really low to the ground. Okay, so I want you to understand, this is kind of how supper would be taking place. Come on, I could have some, some tea, sweet tea, right here in this position. I'll take it. Okay, so, so for just a second, this is where everybody's hanging out. They're lounging. They're chilling. And Jesus, what does he do? What I love about Jesus is he noticed that, guess what? There's pride in people's heart and there's dirty feet at the table. And I got to thinking, what does Jesus do? Okay, so, so, so if everybody's down that low, for just a second, I want you to think about how low Jesus would have to get in order to wash their feet. So, so, so again, I want you to know that Jesus got lower than their feet. So can you imagine for just a second, everybody's reclining at the table. Okay? Reclining at the table. And imagine how low Jesus would have to get to get lower than their feet. Somebody say, get low. And not little John. Okay, all right, good. Okay. Visually, I want us to see that, okay? Everybody okay? I was just lounging on the stage. Yes, okay. But they were reclining at the table. And what we see right here is that Jesus gets up, wraps a towel around his waist, gets down on his hands and knees, and gets lower than the disciples' feet to wash their feet. Okay? I want us to see that because this is totally opposite for how the world would say leadership works. And I want us to see something that even the disciples thought it was totally opposite. Because in Luke's gospel, he's talking about this experience. And what we see right here is Luke is explaining that, guess what? They began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. So we see right here that they're arguing, hey, 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 who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of God? 
Right? This is the kingdom of heaven. Who's going to be the greatest there? Right? Who's going to be that one person? And Jesus told them, watch what he says in verse 25. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and the great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Somebody say different. Yeah, the way of Jesus is different. Right? The way of Jesus' leadership is different. Those who are the greatest among you, watch what he says, should take the lowest rank. And the leaders should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. Somebody say, not here. Not in this kingdom, Jesus is saying. Not, not in this. For I among you, I am among you as the one who serves. And I got to thinking about that. And I got to thinking, Jesus, we're talking about the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We're talking about Jesus, the omniscient one, the omnipotent one. We're talking about Jesus, living water, Lamb of God, true vine, bread of life, light of the world, living stone, King of glory, Prince of peace, great high priest, the chosen one. Watch what he does. He gets here and he gets here to wash somebody's feet. So if you want to know something that Jesus is trying to speak to you and I, the, numbers, the second thing I want you to know is loving others looks like serving others. And I think he's trying to get this across to them. He's trying to get his disciples to understand this. Listen, I see a need. There are dirty feet in the room. There are prideful hearts and dirty feet. I see a need. I can do something about that. And Jesus loved them to the very end by doing something that everyone else thought was too low to be done by them. And I love this about Jesus, because I think a lot of times our response is the exact opposite of that, isn't it? Right? If you ever look back at your own life and you've been asked to serve, or you've been asked to give of yourself, sometimes we have this posture and this attitude, I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. I'm not doing that, I'm too good for that. That's beneath me. No, 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 that, that's, that's not something that I got to do. I'm too busy for that. And I, I feel like, uh, again, I, I want to challenge some of us in the room that the way that we love others is by serving others. And if serving is beneath you, making a difference is beyond you. And so if you, if you are not willing to serve, and I, I, again, here's my prayer in my heart for us as a church, is that we would learn from Jesus. And we would learn from the last 24 hours of Jesus' life and he's saying, hey, loving others looks like serving others. And I read this a couple weeks ago, Ephesians 1.18. I love this passage of Scripture. But I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And so every day what I'm asking you to begin to train yourself to do, what I'm asking you and I, what I'm going to train myself to do is pray, God, help me see it. And God, not only help me see it, help me to get up and do something about it. Right, so now I don't want to just see it. I want to get up and do something about it. I dare you, church, to wake up every single day and say, God, give me eyes to see the needs that I would otherwise look over. I dare you every single day to get up and say, God, give me ears to hear those who are hurting. God, give me a heart to care for those who are in need. God, if, I can, if there's a need that I can meet, God calls me to slow down, to stop, and to say, God, is this an assignment that you have for me to, to meet in this moment? And when you and I, if we get outside of 
of ourselves and we have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to care, you're going to find opportunities to show the love of Jesus by serving others. And all of a sudden, if you'll ask yourself every day, okay, God, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to understand and know, and to be able to serve you, I promise you, you'll start looking at situations. You'll say, you know what? I can do something about that. You know, I see that. I can do something about that. And so I believe one of the ways over the next few weeks that you can serve somebody else, you want to know what it is, is inviting them to come to church. I know that sounds very easy, but the thing is, a lot of us don't do it. And so here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. On the, on the inside of your rows, right here on the, this, this row right here, on the very ends of every single row, the person that's on the end, this is a participation time for the whole church. Everybody on this side, everybody on this side, I want you to grab the basket that's underneath your feet. And if you're not on the end, if you kind of swing down to the end, grab that basket. There are invitation cards for this setting this coming Saturday to the egg drop and invitation cards for Sunday Easter services at Purpose Church. You know what I want you to do? I want you to take that. Come on, we're going to serve each other by passing a basket down the line, all right? I want you to grab some of those. I don't want you to grab one or two. I want you to grab five or six. All right, I want you to grab five or six of them. Pass them things down. That would be awesome. we got to move around a little bit. Come on, let's serve each other right now. I like it. This is crowd participation. Everybody okay? All right, let's do it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Pass it on down. Pass it down. I love that. Grab that. Grab the egg drop invitation. Grab an Easter invitation. Five or six of them. Come on. Literally five or six of them. I want you to do that. And here's why I'm asking you to do it. You can serve your coworker. I know it's a way that you may not think, but you can serve them by inviting them to church. You can serve that family member that you've been praying for for a long time. You know how you serve them? Invite them to church. Invite them to church. Invite them to just come and be a part of what God is doing on Easter. I love, I love these. This is fun. And then when it gets to the end, you can just put that basket back underneath you. That'll be all right. Cool. I want you, come on, wave those things in the air like you just do care. Come on, somebody, wave them at me. Wave them at me. I, I, I think if, if you and I will get this, if you will understand the way that we love others is by serving others, and a way that we can do that is inviting them to church. Another way that we can do that is even within the church, jumping on the serve team. You hear it all the time, next, go to next, go to next. And I encourage you, maybe you need to be serving in Purpose Kids. You know what? Hey, hey, I can wipe a baby's butt in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, right? I got kids. <laughs> That'd be the cleanest butt in all of Western Kentucky because I got kids. I know how to clean a baby. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's what some of you need to do. Okay? I want to encourage you with that. Hey, listen, don't, don't just sit on the sidelines. Let's take a note from Jesus. As they're changing those babies' butts, just understand, though, they're getting prayed over, those babies are. And I want you to see that what you're doing is more than just changing a baby's diaper. It's allowing a mom to come in here and hear the gospel love of Jesus has spoken over her life. I mean, she might be on her last leg. She might be, I mean, just didn't sleep a wink last night. And guess what? They have a chance to drop off their baby into a, an incredible, clean, safe, fun environment where we get a chance to love on that baby, take care of that baby, and that baby gets handed back to mama and daddy at the end of service. Come on. That is a way that you can say yes to serving. Another way you can say yes to is, you know what? There's some teenagers in this church right now that need some of you that are sitting on the sidelines. There's some teenagers right now that need somebody who can speak faith and life over them and show up for them when the world is giving up on them. And I'm going to challenge some people in the room. Come on, let's step up. Let's see a need. God, God, help me see it. Help me to get up and do something about it. 
But I encourage you with that. Maybe for some of you, okay, it's on the facilities team. And, I, hey, I can take out a trash because excellence is our ordinary. You know what? I can do that. I can do that. Maybe it's on the production team, creating an environment where people hear about Jesus in a distraction-free environment. You know what? I can do that. Maybe it's high-fiving somebody at the front door on a greet team or waving somebody down in the parking lot and waving at them as soon as they pull in here. Listen to me. God, will you help me see the need and then help me to get up and do something about it, right? So I want to encourage you. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. Because this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus himself said. Watch what he says. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 43. It says, instead, whoever wants to be great, anybody in here want to be great? Come on, wave at me. Anybody? I think we all want to be great, right? Among you. Anybody wants to be great among you? You know what you got to do? You got to be a servant. You got to be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. Watch what Jesus says. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me. We are not called to serve people that necessarily are going to think us back in return. We're not called to serve people in our workplaces that are going to ultimately serve you back. We're not called to serve so that we can get tagged on a photo. Hashtag honored to serve. Like, that's not why. Why we serve, that's not the heart behind it. We are not called to serve people that look like us, talk like us, act just like us. No, no, no. You are called to serve, and I am called to serve. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Because that's what Jesus did. And serving, this is what I wanted to be an anthem for us, too, is that serving is not just something that we do, but a servant is who I am. And that's something that Jesus modeled his entire ministry. It's not just something he did, it was who he was. And I want you to know that. I want that to be the heart of our church, especially as we go into these next couple weeks together leading up to Easter. Number three, everybody shout number three. The thing that I think Jesus is going to speak to you and I while he's showing us as he's getting down on his hands and knees is that humility looks good on everybody. That humility looks good on everybody. Like, here's the thing. I, I think I want us to understand that Jesus, according to the Bible right here, as we read earlier, that he had absolute power and all authority over everything. Somebody shout everything. Yeah, over everything. Like, like I, wanna, I want us to understand that, that Jesus is all-powerful and all-authoritative over everything. And you know, what do we see Jesus do? Jesus reveals to you and I a new way of authority and a new way of exercising authority by loving, by serving, and by being humble in this thing called humility. And I think the word humility gets a bad rap a lot of times. Like when we think about humility, a lot of us think, you know what I got to start doing? I got to start like negative self-talk, right? Like, like people think, okay, I got to start thinking of, I got to think less about myself. I got to, oh, I'm a big, I'm a big failure. I'm a big, that is not humility. That is not what God is calling us to do. That's not humility. Humility, and C.S. Lewis said it like this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Okay? That's what humility is. And this is what Jesus modeled. Jesus was the greatest example of humility. And if I could do anything to point to anything about Jesus that I love so much is this humble posture that he was over everything, yet nothing was over him when it came to how he would serve. He was willing to serve. I love the Bible, Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing, and he says, though he was God, he had everything, all authority, 
on heaven, on earth. Listen, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Watch what it says. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. And when he appeared in human form, watch what it says. He humbled himself. Somebody say humbled. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I love this so much that even though Jesus had it all, he humbled himself and he gave it all. I love that so much. And the fact is that Jesus' commission was not to get anything, but rather to give everything. Right? He, he did not come to be served. He came to serve. And so he made the choice to be humble. And we are called as followers of Jesus to follow him, to take up our cross and follow him every day, to live with that level of humility. And true humility is thinking about others more than you think about yourself. So instead, right now, in this time of your life, instead of thinking or worrying about my needs, myself, my desires, my preference, what I'm going through, how this economy affects me and my family only. Like, listen to me. Me, 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 me. I love me some me. That's the world that we live in right now, right? And my challenge and the way that Jesus, I believe, would challenge us instead of that, I'm going to challenge us to begin to think about others, to begin to think about their needs, to begin to think about their desires, what they're going through, and put myself in their shoes. Because this is what I know. I'm convinced that prideful, selfish people are some of the most miserable people that are out there in this world. And yet some of the people that I know that are truly humble and selfless are the most joyful people that I know. And Jesus was the greatest example of humility. And I love God's response to a humble spirit. Watch what he says of Jesus being humble in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Somebody say, therefore. So when you're reading your Bible, when you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what's it there for? Come on, somebody. This is deep today. Okay, everybody okay? Therefore, and I want you to know it connects what just happened to what's about to happen. Does that make sense? So when you see the word therefore, you got to go back and look. And it connects to what's coming after. So Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God, died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ, the Lord, is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is there anybody thankful that we serve a humble Savior That because he humbled himself, he went to a cross, and now God has elevated him to the highest name that's above every name. Come on. Is anybody thankful for that name? Is there anybody thankful for the name of Jesus? Man, humility looks good on everybody. And Jesus modeled this perfectly. The way higher is actually lower. The way higher. If you want to go somewhere in your life, if you want your life to make an impact, if you want your life to mean something, here's my posture. My heart for you today is understand. Guess what? It's not, it's not the, oh, I gotta make myself better. I gotta do no, no, no. The way higher is to follow after Jesus and go lower. And it's to be uh, willing to serve. The greatest among you, he says in Matthew chapter 23, will be a servant. But watch what he says. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus himself did that perfectly. I love that so much. I love that so much about the God that we serve. Not only is it that he has a love that never quits pursuing us, he's coming after us. Number two, the fact is that guess what? He is a God and Jesus is a person that's telling you and I, not only telling us but modeling it, that loving others looks like serving others. 
Then he is humble. He's, he, he's living a life of humility, and humility looks good on everybody, right? And the last thing I think that Jesus is trying to teach you and I when it comes to this right here, this particular uh, passage of Scripture and him washing feet, I think the thing he's trying to tell us is that forgiveness makes you clean. It's that forgiveness makes you clean. See, I love this story where Peter is telling Jesus, no, 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 no. You ain't washing my feet. No, no, I need to wash your feet, Jesus. I need, I need to do that for you. And Jesus tells Peter, Peter, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. I have to wash your feet if you want to be a part of me. And here's what I got to thinking. Jesus is trying to tell them. You know what he's trying to tell them? I've got to serve you before you can serve me. I've got to, I've got, you've got to understand, before you can ever serve Jesus, you have to allow yourself to be served by Jesus. That here's the thing, you can't give that which you haven't received. And I think the thing is, the gospel, it cannot be achieved, it first has to be received. That you have to receive what Jesus did. And Peter is saying, no, alright then, don't stop at my feet. Wash my head, my hands, wash my whole body. And I think, again, Jesus is saying, yo, you're not getting it. You're not understanding what I'm trying to do. Like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? And I think the thing that Jesus would want to say and how he kind of does say it is Jesus wasn't washing the disciples' feet for hygiene's sake. Jesus was washing the disciples' feet for holiness' sake. And the fact is, this is not just a picture of take, come on, I'm going to speak to some middle school boys right now. Take a shower and a bath. Come on, somebody. Parents, you're welcome. Our youth team, you're welcome. My gosh, come on. Y'all need a shower and deodorant, middle school boys, all right? And high school boys, okay. But here's the thing. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus wasn't washing the disciples' feet just to make their feet clean. This was a foreshadowing of what he would do by going to the cross a day later. And the fact is, I want us to understand the picture is of God's love that cleanses us from the inside out. That washing and the cleansing of feet is a picture of forgiveness and what Jesus was about to do for them. In less than 24 hours on the cross, this is the gospel. That which was dirty, that which was messy, that which was nasty, ultimately that which was dead has been made totally clean, forgiven, completely dealt with, and alive by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what I want you to understand is what powerful is about this is that Jesus is showing his disciples, I'm loving you to the point that I'm going to serve you. And Jesus was never willing, or unwilling to do something he asked us to do. He's willing to do it. And again, he gives them, if you go to verse 15, we didn't read it. But Luke chapter 13, verse 15, it says this, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. And here's the thing, I got, I'm going to go back to that little thing I said a second ago. You can't give that which you haven't received first. I think there's some of us in the room that have been trying to come to church for a long time, but we haven't received the love and the free gift of Jesus washing our sins away, but what he did on the cross. You haven't received it, so how can we ever expect to give it? So I'm going to ask anybody that's in the room, all of us in the room, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody moving around. Not a time for you to go to sleep right now. I want you just to take a moment between you and God in this moment right here. And I want to challenge some people in the room. Maybe you've never experienced the love of God. 
Maybe you've never experienced the forgiveness that Jesus offers by going to the cross and dying for us. And if you never have, I just want you to understand that the gospel is simple. Is that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all done things that we shouldn't do. And yet Jesus came and he gave his life for us. I'm so thankful that that's the God that we serve. Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to him. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful that you're in the room. But I want to tell you that God has been pursuing you, just like we talked about at the beginning of today. He's been coming after you. He wants a relationship with you. God's love is is all pursuing of you. And you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. And Jesus went to a cross to die for you and I. And I just want to just challenge you in the room. Maybe you've never professed Jesus. Would, you, would today be that day that you do that? By, by professing, what I mean is asking Jesus to come into your life and saving you. Maybe you've never done that. And if you're in this room and you want to do that today, or you're watching online or listening on the podcast, there is a way that you can do that. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, that we will be saved. So maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus, but today's the day you're going to do that. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you just to mean it in your heart. And I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. I want you to save me. Would you forgive me? I know you died on the cross. I know that you got out of the grave, and I put my faith and trust in you today. Save me. Be the Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. And you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus by asking Him to come in your life and save you. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But I want to know that you made a decision. We had two people last Sunday that said yes to a relationship with Jesus. You're not going to be alone. Maybe that's you. And you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up and you can drop it right back down. Hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. You can drop it right back down. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Drop it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's the deal. If you made that decision today, I, I think you got to tell somebody. This is one of those most exciting moments of people's lives when people say yes to a relationship with Jesus. There's a party going on in heaven. All of heaven is rejoicing when one person comes to know Jesus. So I think some other people on earth need to know about this decision, and we would love and be honored to be one of those. So if you don't mind, would you just take your phone out as well if you just prayed to receive Jesus. And that same QR code that we're sending you to today, we've sent to you all day, and would you just scan that with your phone? All you got to do is take your, your camera and point it towards that. And then when you go to that, that site that it takes you to, all you have to do is say, Today I said yes to Jesus. And man, let us know that. We'd love to follow up with you. love to be uh, just in this relationship with you as you start this new life with Jesus. I love that so much. Well, Purpose Church, can we lift our heads? Can we stand to our feet? Can we give God a bunch of praise in this place for salvation meeting us here? Come on. I'm not talking about a little golf clap. I'm talking about let's praise Jesus for what he's done. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on Purpose.